Good evening, everyone. Welcome to New Hope Church. Thank you for joining us on our Wednesday night Equip and Disciple Services. At this time, we're going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings. So ushers, if you could please prepare for that. I don't know if you were here earlier tonight, but uh, there was some excitement underneath the courtyard tent. Did, was any, did anybody see that? Well, if you, if you didn't see that or if you did see that and you're like, what was going on? Our marvelous children's ministry was having a family game night. And so what they've been, it was our very first one tonight, and they're going to try and do it. They're going to do it every Wednesday night, the first Wednesday night of every month. And what's so amazing is that if you were outside, you could just hear kids yelling and yelling in a good way. They're laughing. They're having so much fun. You could hear parents laughing. And you know what's the amazing part is that's the beauty of, that's the beautiful thing about what God does in the lives of his people. He calls us to be family. And what a joy it is to hear our young ones laughing and enjoying the fact that they're here at church. They get to learn about Jesus. They get to learn about God's amazing love for them. And you know, when we give our tithes and offerings, that's what people get to experience. They get to experience all the fruit that God has for us. His amazing love, his peace, his joy. And so tonight, as we give our tithes and offerings to the Lord... Just know that that's what we get to do. We get to partner with him so that more and more people get to experience all that he has for each and every one of us. Now, you might be visiting us from another church, or maybe this is your first time. And if this is your first time to New Hope Church, we ask that you don't feel obligated to give. In fact, just receive this service as a gift to help you in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you're visiting us from another church, and we want to just continue to encourage you to Give wherever you attend service regularly. But if New Hope Church is your home church, would you know that we get to take joy, we get to take delight knowing that God is doing great things in the lives of all generations, not just here in Hilo, but all over the world. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray for tonight's tithes and offerings? Lord, we come before you, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you so much that you are a joyful God and you want us to experience that joy. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in the lives of your people. And tonight, as we give you our tithes and offerings, we do so with a joyful and cheerful heart, knowing that you are making a difference in the eternities of your people. And Lord, what a joy it is that we get to see our young ones, that we get to see generations come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And Lord, you're such a great God that you could do everything on your own, but yet you call us to be part of your family. And you allow us to be part of your plan to reach people far from you. And so, Lord, as you take our offerings, as you take our tithes, Lord, would you take it and multiply it for your kingdom? Lord, I pray that you bless the heart of those who give and let them know that they're, they are, they're taking part in something that has eternal rewards right now. And, Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we continue to look forward to what you're going to do in the lives of your people. We pray for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ben. Thank you for all you do, too, with our youth. Have fun with them on the other side. Well, we are in a series called Potential tonight, so if you want to take out your church app or your Bible or your notes, and we have blank notes over here because we want you to fill them in yourself. But we also have on there a Mother's Day invitation card because we're gearing up for Mother's Day. And you may know some people who may want to come to church, but they need that extra invitation or they just, uh, they don't know where to go or maybe they've been 
thinking through attending church or maybe doing some things in their life that they want to get better at, whatever it is, God is always the answer. And we always have problems. One of the things I read this morning in our devotions was that uh, King David, as he was writing the Psalms, book of Psalms, and, and part of it was King David writing, but he said, Lord, you deliver me from all my troubles. And I thought, Lord, you are that God, that although we go through troubles, you deliver us from all of our troubles. And that's part of what this uh, series is about called Potential. Because everyone has potential, God has given us potential, and that potential needs to be realized, but the only way it's realized is if we have an outside source releasing that potential. Some weeks ago, we talked about potential that is in seed form, and that seed needs soil around it, it needs to be watered, it needs sunlight in order for it to produce fruit. And the same is true with the potential that God gave us, it comes in seed form, So as we live and as we breathe and as we learn from God, he surrounds us with his word, he nourishes us with his spirit, and he gives us his spirit to help us to grow so that we can produce fruit in our lives, fruit that remains and fruit that people can see and say, there's something different about this person. They're different. And it's because we follow Jesus Christ. We're not fanatics in any way. It's just we live a life that is different than the ways of the world. I was listening to this one song, and I I forget the title, and it's a good song, but as I listened to the lyrics, I thought, wow, they're saying we don't need to change. they're, They're just basically saying we don't need to change as people, but everyone else should change to accept us in the sense of it almost sounded then who who chooses to change and who chooses not to change. So if we're saying I need to change, and I need to change my heart so that I can love you, but you're saying I don't need to change, then who changes? And I thought, wait a minute, is that the world's way of talking about just being who you're supposed to be, and that's good enough? And I thought, wow, God has so much more in store for us than just who we are. Because he sees so much potential in us, we should change. We should get better. I would never want to come to a place in life that I say to myself, that's good enough. I will settle for this because you need to just be okay with how I am today. And I understand that to a certain degree because we love people wherever they are. But I don't want to ever come to a place as a believer to say to God, I'm okay with how I am. While God says to me, you're only like three-tenths of the way there. I have a greater purpose for you. No, 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 I'm good, God. I'm good. God has so much more for us. And so tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about that. The power or or what, what prayer has the potential to produce. Because prayer has the potential to produce something. Prayer can produce so many things, but that's what we want to look at. What, what does prayer have to do with our potential? And what can prayer produce in our lives? Because it's not of ourselves. Prayer is something that God gave to us so that we can connect with Him, so that we can worship Him, so that we can stay rooted in who He is rather than just outside sources. And God has given each person potential. We don't arrive at potential. We grow towards it. And this potential that God sees in us is too much for us to carry by ourselves. We need his help. And the bigger the potential, the bigger the foundation that it needs, that needs to be laid. So instead of 
focusing on our potential and being disappointed of, uh, that we're not there or we're not where we want to be, we're going to focus on that foundation that God wants to give to us so that we can possibly reach our fullest potential. Just think about this word prayer. In fact, tomorrow is the national day of prayer. Here in our country, we have a national day of prayer. And I know uh, there will be people down at Wailoa State Park, so if you want to go down there, I believe it's from 10 to 2 or 9 to 12. Uh, if you go at 11, you'll be okay because I don't know the exact time. But I always forget the time. So if you know the time and you're for sure, just let me know and then I can accurately say what time it is. But just, to th just think about this word prayer and what prayer can potentially produce. That every miracle, every miracle started off with a prayer. Someone prayed for a miracle to happen. They called out to God. They called out to Jesus Christ. And every miracle started off with a prayer. Every spiritual awakening started off with prayer. Every move of the Spirit started with prayer. It begins with prayer. We pray before our services. We pray in our, in our staff meetings for the week, the month, the year. We pray over everything that takes place because we're not here to put on a show. We're here to point everyone, all of us, to God himself. So everything is rooted in prayer so that it can produce something. Prayer has the potential to do things that ordinary decisions, even wisdom of man, even the wisdom of man cannot produce because it's what God gave to us to partner with him in his power moving in and through all of us. And it's his power at work when we pray to him. That's what makes prayer so effective. So we're going to learn what prayer can potentially produce. On Sunday, we talked about the 40-40 prayer challenge. And we talked about how if, if we're not a praying person, let's just say you're not a praying person, that the challenge was to try, just try praying for 40 seconds every day for 40 days straight for a specific thing. Not just praying before your meal, but praying for a specific thing, whether it be a job, let's just say you're looking for work, or uh, you want to do better at work, or you, maybe for your children, maybe you're praying for your finances or getting out of debt, whatever it would be, praying for your health, praying for a loved one, that God would, God would honor your prayers as you you dedicate just 40 seconds specifically toward that one thing. And you do that for 40 days. Well, we've been doing that, and I, I had someone email me this, and they just said this, hey, Pastor Sheldon, I wanted to share something with you. I have a group on Facebook, and 229 people follows me. It's called the Valor of Light. And God called me to make this group, and I have obeyed him ever since I have created this group on February 10th, 2018. It truly taught me how to fully submit to God and fully depend on Him at being more accountable for my spiritual growth. He showed me how it feels to be on both sides, being a leader and being someone that doesn't know God, to building a relationship with our Father. I started my 40-day prayer challenge yesterday, which was Monday the 30th, and 183 people all around the world joined the 40-day prayer challenge. Some of them are getting to know our Jesus Christ, our Christ Jesus, and I wouldn't be able to reach this many people if it wasn't for my church family that constantly shows accountability and love. So feel free to share with anyone because everyone deserves to know what God is doing through New Hope Hilo. Our church is thriving and reaching many souls. May we all continue to be soul winners and world changers for our Father. 
also pray for me that I will always be led by the Spirit, not by my own understanding. How's that? That's what prayer can potentially produce. And you might think, well, I, I'm in my own circle, so I, you know, I'm dealing with my own things, much less people around the world, but this is what prayer can potentially produce. It, it does things that God wants to do, but we're afraid to move forward with it because we don't have the power to do so or the vision or even to know where it's going to lead, but God does. And so if we're praying to God, then it can produce something that we have no idea what the results would be. And we're not a results-oriented people anyway. We're an obedient-oriented people. In other words, we're saying, Lord, you speak it, I'll obey it, rather than, hmm, if the results are good, then I'll follow you. And God says, that's not what I look for. I look for someone who comes to me with spirit and in truth. That's the kind of person I seek after. And that's who we want to be. So what can prayer potentially produce? Well, we're going to look at four different areas that prayer has an effect on and what it can potentially produce. Produce. We're going to take a look at four different passages. In the book of Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, I'll read from verses 7, excuse me, 11 through 16, 2 Chronicles. And you may know this scripture. You may have read it before. And if you have your, your church app, it's listed there, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And I'll read from verses 11 through 16. So this is when the Lord appears to Solomon. Solomon was King David's son. And King David was given instructions to collect everything, every resource necessary to build the temple. David wasn't to build the temple because he had too much blood on his hands. So he said, David, your son will build my temple. So David, your responsibility is to give him all the necessary resources. So in verse 11, when Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all that he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace... The Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. And this is in Jerusalem. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So now my eyes will be open, and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple, so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. It's a word that God uses here, and it's the word if. If my people who are called by my name, which is us, we're all called by his name, that's why we're called Christians. We are people who follow Christ, or we're Christ disciples. So it's not a, it's not a, a Christianese word in the sense of that just doesn't make sense. It's a word that we use, that the world uses too, as a student, that we're disciple. So it's not necessarily a word that people don't understand. We use that word all the time. A disciple is a learner, a pupil, a student. That means we have a teacher. So we're all his disciples. We're all his followers, or as the Bible calls us, Christians, because we follow Jesus. And because of that, God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray to me, then I will hear from heaven. So God hears our prayers. 
and then I will heal, heal their land. That's God's promise to us. But there's an there's a if there, because I think for some of us, sometimes we forget that before every promise, there's a premise. And if you want to write anything down, prayer builds our relationship with God. That's what it does. That's what prayer does. If, he says, then this. Which shows us that God is all about a relationship. And you might be thinking, no, that doesn't sound like a relationship. It just sounds like God gave us like, like, like an ultimatum. Like if you do this, then I'll do this. But if you don't do this, then I won't do this. No, no, God is all about relationships. Everything is about relationships. But, be, but before every promise, there is a premise, which means before God does this, here are some things that we're going to agree with. A premise, which is a previous statement or proposition from which another is inferred or follows as a conclusion. So if you want this, then this has to happen. We do this with our children. We say to our children, hey guys, let's clean the yard. And they say, no, they don't want to. They don't want to do it. But then we, we throw things at them. We say, if you clean the yard, we can go get ice cream. And then we kind of watch them and they're like, let's kind of up up the bargain. Like, like, name your price, Dad. You've got to be higher than just ice cream. Okay, we can go get ice cream, and we can go fun factory. Yes, let's go clean the yard. So there's like, a, there's like a reward at the end, and God is a rewarder, but he doesn't do it for the sake of just reward. He doesn't do it so that we become spoiled children. He does it for a relationship purpose. He does it for a specific reason. That's why God gives an if before the promise. There's a lesson to be learned. Because if we're thinking, well, why would God do it that way? Because then it almost sounds like he's toying with us and he's playing with us. No, no, here's the reason. The reason why God gives us an if before the promise is because there is a lesson to be learned that is greater than receiving the actual promise. So there's always a lesson in this greater than the promise just like how we are as parents. If we say, hey, clean your room, you can get, let's go get some ice cream and things like that, we're teaching them discipline. We're teaching them discipline that if you work hard, you get rewarded. If you work hard, you develop a discipline. So there's a principle that you're learning greater than the reward itself. And this is why God says, if you do this, then this will happen. Because there's a principle that he's trying to teach us that is greater than the promise itself. You know, as adults, I need, I need to tell my children if you, if you or as, as our children grow up and they become adults, I don't need to tell them anymore to clean their room. Well, sometimes you do if they're living with you. But you shouldn't have to, right? They should be at that place where they clean their own room. I don't have to tell my children anymore to brush your teeth. I used to tell them that, but I don't need to do that anymore. They're, they're adults now, 30 years old, 24 years old. That's how old they're going to be this year. So I don't need to tell them the things I used to tell them. Why? Because in the very beginning, we're instilling principles that later on in life, they would be able to produce on their own. And God is no different. He says, here's a principle that I'm trying to teach you. That as you grow with me, you will learn. And here's the principle. God uses this premise before promise formula to build a relationship with us. That's why he does it. He does it in such a way that as we draw closer to him and as we learn more about him, we learn this thing called relationship. 
and this relationship with God through his promises is greater than if we just live life and receive stuff. Because God is not about just giving us stuff. He doesn't fulfill his promise just for the sake of fulfillment. He does it out of teaching us what prayer can actually produce. And now we pray to him, not for what we can get anymore, but so that we can worship him, rely on him, and receive direction from him. Something changes along the way that we, we mature from, God, give me these things to God. How can I be better for you? Lord, how can I represent you? Lord, change my heart so that I can be more like you. There's a, there's a shift that takes place because prayer builds our relationship with God. In other words, we develop a relationship with God through his promises that we would have never gotten otherwise some other way. There's just something that takes place when we're praying to God and it's relationship. There's another passage uh, in the book of Mark, so you can turn there in the New Testament, Mark chapter 9, and I'll read from verses 14 through 29. So if you're in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. So Mark chapter 9 and verse 14. So this is where Jesus heals a boy with an impure spirit. In verse 14, when they came to the other disciples... They saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. And this is Jesus speaking. When the, a man in the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I, I, brought my, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth gnashes his teeth and and becomes rigid i asked your disciples to drive out the spirit but they could not jesus replies you unbelieving generation how long shall i stay with you how long shall i put up with you bring the boy to me so they brought him when the spirit saw jesus it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion he fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can. So Jesus' response was, if you, if you can. Now, I know Jesus wasn't offended by this, I think he was letting the guy know who he was and the power that he had. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for he who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, the dis his disciples asked him privately. Because I'd be, I'd be wondering the same things. I would come to Jesus and say the same thing. I would say to him, why couldn't we drive him out? Why couldn't we drive it out? Why couldn't we drive out that spirit? And Jesus replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. This kind can only come out by prayer. In other words, there are other kinds, 
that you can, you can cast out of people. There are other kinds of spirits that you can do, and it may not necessarily be by prayer. But this kind can only come out through prayer. Here's the second thing that we learn about prayer, that prayer increases the possibility for deliverance and healing. That's what prayer does. Prayer increases the possibility for deliverance and healing. See, there are, there are certain circumstances that only prayer can deliver or heal. And sometimes we're trying to tell someone, you know, you need to change, you know, your attitude, your, your, your behavior, or get out of the house until you can be better or change your, or, or change your ways. We, we get rid of the person, the physical side, but we never pray spiritually for that person. We just kick them out, and we're thinking, good, they're out of the house. But then at the same time, that person is still dealing with the same thing over and over. And then they're going to behave. They're going to change their behavior, but their heart and spirit never changes. So then they're good. And then you either receive them back or now you're back in the relationship with them or maybe they come back home, whatever it is. But if that spirit did not come out, guess what's going to happen? It's going to happen again. Why? Because that spirit never came out of them. All they did was modify their behavior not their spiritual well-being. And so because their behavior is modified, we're duped to think, oh, they're so much better. Oh, no, 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 no. He don't treat me like that anymore. He, he's so good to me. He, he, he treat me really good. He buy me McDonald's. He take good care of me. And then we think, oh, no, I can accept him back. Or we say, no, 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 she's different. She's different. But what happens is because there's no spiritual change, there's still that spirit inside of them. They revert back to their old ways and sometimes even worse. So a prayer does is it increases the possibility for deliverance and healing and you pray for that person you pray in jesus name and you pray over them that that spirit would be gone when my children were growing up and i would pass by their rooms or tuck them into bed and and things like that i would i would pray over them and sometimes when they're going through things in school or, or something i would just when they're sleeping i just lay my hands on them and i would just say lord whatever if there's a spirit inside of them that is not of you a spirit of jealousy, a spirit of anger, whatever it is, Lord, I pray that spirit out and never to come back. Lord, I pray that out of my children. And you can do that. And you can do that while they're sleeping. It's probably the best time because they're not listening to you. They're not disagreeing with you. They're not saying, Mom, stop praying for me. They're not, they, don't, they can't say that. You can do that with your spouse too while they're sleeping. <laughs> Just double check. Just kind of peek over. Use your phone if you're going to need light. Oh, your eyes open. No, I'm just checking. Just checking if you're sleeping. No, 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 I'm just going to pray for you. But you can do that. Just lay your hands on. I do that to Heidi all the time. I'll put my hand on her. She's like, oh, he's so sweet. No, I'm praying. That's like, I'm praying. I'm praying. But we do that as a result of wanting the very best for the person, not that they're demonic or anything like that. Just had to throw that in. It's just because you want the very best for them. And when you pray over people, Deliverance and healing can take place because it's not us. It's not us. If my people who are called by my name, that's the Lord's voice, not ours. He just needs a conduit in which to flow through. And if we're willing, prayer can bring deliverance and healing. Now, there are certain circumstances that only prayer can you know, uh, bring healing and deliverance from. But, but we might think, well, why is that so? Well, there's the natural man, which is our human nature. And there is 
there, is, is, there are limitations that we have. And because the natural man can only go so far, we can only go as so far as the supernatural. I think we can all agree to that. We can only go so far. In other words, I'll just draw it out this way. We have, let's just say this is uh, the natural man. This is just our human nature. So this is us, and this is, this is how far we can go when it comes to prayer. There's like a limitation. So this is the line. This is as far we, as we can go. So we can, we, can, we can do certain things, and we can list certain things. We can have a career. We, can, we, can, we have talent. We can use our talents. We can do so many things as a natural man. That's why some people say, I don't need God because I'm doing fine. True, you can do so many great things. Why? Because God created you after his own image. So you should be able to reach greatness. You're created after the image of God. But here's where we go wrong. We have, have a realm here that is the supernatural. Uh, too long the word, so I'll just put it here. So supernatural. So the supernatural is where the natural man cannot produce anything aside from God. Uh, left on our own, we're limited to hit here. So what prayer does is it allows the natural man to step into the supernatural. Why? Because God is not natural man. He's supernatural. He's greater than all of us. He is the greatest of all. So God allows us to step into the supernatural, which now we pass the boundary and the limitations of humanity. So when we pray, we are praying in the supernatural. We're not praying in the natural man because natural man, we have fears, we have limitations, we even have a certain, a certain idea of what the outcome can be, and so we give up before we even begin because we can only do so much. And what happens inside man is we, uh, we have anxiety attacks, we, we get depressed, we give up, we throw in the towel, and we come to a place in life where we say, what else can I do? And we have so much stress that we can go no further. Why? Because we're limited. We're, we're, we're human beings with a limitation. But God is supernatural. And he says, through prayer, you can step into the supernatural and you can go beyond that. And that's where deliverance and healing comes in. We can only go so far. There, and, and we use this even in life. Let's just say you're, you're a mechanic. There are only certain things you can do without tools in fixing a car. There's only certain things you can do. Construction worker. You can only do so many things without tools, just with the natural man. But you're going to need some tools to take apart the engine. You're going to need some tools to build a house. There are certain things, there are certain limitations that we have that cannot take us any further. And we see it just with pure humanity. There are, the calves... Cavaliers, if you're watching NBA, can only go so far without LeBron James. <laughs> they can only go so far. Sorry, I'm using that as an example, but it's true. There are certain teams that can only go so far because that's their limit. That's as great as they're going to be unless a superpower player comes in. You can only go so far. Now, think about our humanity. We only can go so far. But with God, that's why he says, with me, all things are possible. Because God has no limits. So whatever, whatever you deal with, whatever we go through, 
we're going to feel certain things because of our humanity. But we can see the possibilities because of the supernatural God that we serve. He sees greater than us. Prayer increases that possibility for deliverance and healing. But the third thing that prayer does is, it, is that prayer releases us from the bondage of sin. That's what prayer does. It releases us from bondage of sin. That's that slavery to sin. The taste, the, the, the state of being a slave. That's what bondage means. You're stuck in slavery. That's what sin does. It keeps us bound to its demise. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10. And we know Jeremiah 29, 11, But turn back to the Old Testament, book of Jeremiah. And if you're kind of looking for it, it's, uh, it's past the book of Psalms. So if you open your Bible to the middle, you'll hit most likely the book of Psalms. Then you have the Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Then you have Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, and then Isaiah, and then Jeremiah. So just kind of thumb through it. Jeremiah chapter 29, and I'll read from verse 10. And it, this, is where, this is when they were in captivity. They were exiled to Babylon, and Babylon uh, was now the ones that were ruling over them. And so now they're in this foreign nation. And actually, I'll read from verse 4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there and do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. In verse 10, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen. I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. So God is saying, you're in slavery right now, but I know the plans that I have for you, so we're not done yet. And that's how we feel sometimes. We feel that we've, we've failed. Maybe we did something wrong. We've blown it. Maybe our chance at, at greatness is gone. Or maybe we feel that our opportunity to be used by God is long gone. But that's what the enemy wants you to think. He wants you to throw in the towel. He wants you to give up. And God says, hold on. Just, you, yeah, you're in captivity right now. But if you come to me and pray to me, I will listen. I will hear you. And I will bring you out of captivity. But you've got to pray to me. If you pray, then I can release you. And that's where we're released from bondage, slavery, and sin. It entangles us. That's what prayer does. It releases us from that. God tells us 
that he knows the plans. And there are plans that he has for us. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And I think that word hope, sometimes we forget that God, God is the deliverer of hope. He passes that out. He's the only one that can give us hope in a hopeless world. So watch that, that God would allow you to pray to him and then release you from whatever it is that, that, that's holding you down. Every sin, everything that, that enslaves you to push you further away from God. God says, I can release you from that. Just pray to me and I will listen to you and I will heal you. And we pray to him. He gives us that, that open invitation. The fourth area you want to look at is, is in the book of Daniel. So Daniel chapter 10. Daniel is one of my, um, like David is my guy in the, in the Bible. That's, that's, he's like one of my mentors. I learn a lot from David. But Daniel is like one of those, uh, just, just one of those uh, like mysterious kind of dudes in the Bible. That he's just one of those guys because he went in the lion's den and he came out alive. He prayed three times a day and he, he just walked, he walked in such a way that no one could, no one could take him out. That's, that's kind of like how I see him. And in the book of Daniel, we read in Daniel chapter 10 that certain things were taking place. And this is where the supernatural comes in. Daniel chapter 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel who was called Belteshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. So don't ever underestimate the power of vision when God gives that to you. It could come in a dream. It could come where you're, you're constantly thinking about something, and you're saying, God, why are you showing me this? Pray to God. Say, God, why are you showing me this? Sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night, and you're thinking, whoa, that was weird. God, what is that? Pray to God and say, God, what is that? What are you showing me? At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until three weeks were over. Now, they're in the desert, so it's hot. They need lotion, okay? On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz, uh, Euphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. In other words, the, this vision makes Thor look like a little child. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them, and they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and I listened to him. I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you. And stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. In other words, this, this vision 
that Daniel is having did not just affirm or confirm that his prayer was being heard, but that there is so much more to his prayer than just the words he was speaking. So the vision continues. And he says, but, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. So he was doing battle somewhere else. Then Michael, one of the chief, one of the chief princes, or Michael the archangel, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So Daniel has this vision. And because of this vision, he's wondering, well, now where do I go from here? What do I do? The fourth thing that we can learn that prayer has the potential to do is prayer has the potential to move heaven and potentially the angels. That's what prayer can do. Prayer moves the heavens and potentially the angels. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. That's what was taking place. Now, Daniel made a request to God and, and moved the heavens as well as Michael the archangel and Gabriel, who also spoke to, if you remember reading in the New Testament, Gabriel spoke to Zechariah about their son John the Baptist that was to be born, which was Jesus' cousin. John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. But Gabriel, the angel, also spoke to Mary. And he said, you who are highly favored, do not be afraid. And then he gave Mary some instructions on what was going to take place as she was going to give birth to the Son of God. That's what prayer does. Prayer moves the heavens and potentially the angels. Now, just think about it. Just think about where you are in life right now. Not necessarily your circumstances, but just where you are in life. Circumstances may be a part of it. But I want to ask you a couple of questions as we close with this. What do you see in your life right now that only prayer can produce? That maybe you've been doing the natural man kind of thing, the natural woman kind of thing, that this is, this is as far as you can go because we're limited. Where does the supernatural come in? Where are you to where only prayer can produce something? The second thing is how is your relationship with God? What does that look like? Are you, are you distant from God? Are you close to God? Do you fear God? Are you afraid of Him because of things that are on the inside? Are you mad at God? Are you angry at God? Are you upset at God? Do you love God? Do you, do you see your future with God Himself? Because we have to ask ourselves these questions. How is our relationship with God? What about deliverance and healing? Do you need deliverance? Do you need healing? Are you addicted to something? Are you hurt? Is there pain? Because we all have some type of pain. What about sin? Are you slave to something? That something just drives at you and it captures you and it holds you hostage to its demise. That sin has now taken over your life and you just can't get away from it. What does that look like? Because prayer will move the heavens and the angels. I'm going to ask us to close our Bibles and maybe you can put away the, your, your app or whatever else you're taking notes on. And I want us to focus for a moment. I'm going to ask the entire worship team to come out and wherever you are, whatever, whatever life looks like, and whatever, whatever circumstances you may be in, and it may not just be about circumstances, it may be deeper than that. As we, as we close with this song, let, let God speak whatever he needs to. And we're going to pray, and then we're going to sing this song together. 
or you can you can just reflect and you can you can uh, sit and you can sit and just listen but just let God do something in you I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads for a moment as we pray Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight because we're, we're learning about this thing called prayer. And, and prayer is not necessarily just talking to you. It's talking with you. We can speak to you in prayer and you speak to us through your word. And, and tonight we've heard your word. You have shown us that you are a God who heals, you deliver. And so tonight, Lord, we pray to you. We call upon you as, as your people that we humble ourselves and we pray to you that whatever it is inside of us that, that you want to change, that you want to heal us from, you want to set us free from, Lord, we pray to you, the God of the universe, the one who is able to do that. We can only do so much as mankind, but Lord, you can do something supernatural tonight. And so we turn to you. Speak to us, Lord. Give us direction. Heal our hearts. Heal our land, Lord. And we pray these things in your name.